Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Love Podcast. Have you noticed anything lately about the kids at the bus stop now that it's getting colder? Oh my gosh, don't get me started. (laughs) They all wear only sweatshirts. It's like 40 degrees. Sometimes it's in the 30s. Why are they just wearing sweatshirts? Do they not own coats? I I don't know. I think they're just trying to be cool. I mean, I always wore my coat. Did you? Oh, I'm sure I didn't. I probably had (laughs) t-shirt and shorts in the Michigan winters. I promise you, I probably did not wear a coat. Oh my gosh. I always had to. And I was so embarrassed. I remember being so embarrassed, actually, that I had like the big Target ridiculous snow boots and gloves and hats and no one else wore that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm sure other people did, but in my head, no one else wore that kind of stuff. And I just remember feeling mortified about it. Oh, to be young and dumb. (laughs) (laughs) So Meg and I have been together for a long time. And I mean, a long time. Hey, now you better watch yourself, boy. (laughs) (laughs) We met back in 2003 and we've been together ever since. And recently we were actually talking about just life in general and marriage and our goals for the future. And we started to really reflect on what we wished we could have told our younger selves. Like, hey, put on the coat if you need it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure all of you would love to go back in time and be able to tell yourself something that might help you out or just get you through a really tough time. This episode is all about what we would have liked to tell our younger selves now that we're in our mid-30s and a little bit smarter, hopefully, than we once were. Ooh, I love the quotations, mid-30s. Let's stick it there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the first thing we were really thinking about is to was really just stopping waiting for your life to happen. I know for me, for almost all of my life, I just simply sat back and waited for my life to happen. I waited for someone to show up and hand me an opportunity. I waited for God to speak in a burning bush or come out of the sky and just give me something. And therefore, until that time happened, I would just remain comfortable. I would remain in the place that I was because clearly there wasn't a sign. There wasn't a vision. There wasn't something there that told me that I should be doing anything differently. And therefore, I just kept the status quo and stayed right where I wanted to stay. And really, all this waiting didn't really help It just caused me to live in a state of discomfort because I knew I was never achieving at a level that I wanted to achieve. I was always just being lazy, honestly. I was always just sitting there waiting for someone to hand me an opportunity because I believed that someone should just hand you opportunities. And I think if we're honest with ourselves in America, all of us think that we should just be handed an opportunity. And that's just simply not the way it works. Yeah. Did you want to tell the story? about our walk that one time? Yeah. So I remember very, very clearly, probably back in 2012, me and Megan had taken a walk into our neighborhood. We had recently gotten to our house and we were just walking around the neighborhood. One of the first times probably. And 
I remember Megan saying, you know, you're you're just you're pretty happy with with where we're at, right? She's like, you know, we have the house now, we have a dog, you know, we have a job. You're 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 good with that, right? And in my head at the time, I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, I really am good with that. You know, the house, eventually the 2.5 kids, the white picket fence, the job. And no, we are not pregnant. No. But as I reflected longer and as I got a little bit older, I've actually thought back to that point and I thought, no, no, that that I wasn't happy. No, I'm not satisfied with where I was at. And really when I reflected, I thought this is all there was. And and not that it was really bad or all bad, but I thought this is all I could really achieve. And when I'm really honest with myself, the, the more I went on and the more I achieved and the more Uh, we did with our relationship to improve it. And the more I did with my job to just be more successful and get further along in my career, when I got to the end of that tunnel and I did everything that the world told me I had to do to make me happy, I had the achievement, the wife, the house, I was overall unhappy. When I honestly reflected, it's not like I was miserable, so don't get me wrong, but I just wasn't fulfilled and I was searching for that sense of fulfillment. And it all came back to one honest conversation or maybe a couple different honest conversations we had between me and Megan where it was like, I'm not taking action. I'm not taking charge. I'm not doing what I need to do to make my life happen. Because ultimately, if you're sitting there in the same place or if you can relate, you need to look in the mirror and identify like, Am I doing the things that I need to do to get to the place where I want to be? Because for me, I wasn't. I was afraid. I was afraid to take action. I was afraid to achieve further than what I've always known. I came from a small town. My parents were middle-class people. I didn't know anything else. Even still to this day, I fight through these thoughts in my mind of knowing that I can go beyond that just because that's the life I know, just because a lot of the people I know live that life doesn't mean that I can't achieve further than that. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you feel yourself in a need for fulfillment and wanting more, you really have to reflect and say, where am I getting my opinions from? Where am I getting my beliefs and my values from? And is that where I want them to go in the future? Because just because that's where you're at now doesn't mean that that's where you want to be. But I often think about how much further I would be today if I would have just listened to that inner voice a little bit more, if I had done this reflection a little bit more and a little sooner, a lot sooner, I would have been so much further along if I had started to be serious about my goals and be serious about where I wanted to go and accept that where I was was no one else's fault but my own. Absolutely. We've been really kind of talking about this pretty deeply in our house and in our marriage these past few weeks because time is not limitless. And if we pretend that time is limitless, then we're going to be just fine with waiting for our life to happen because we've got all this time in the world to make our goals and dreams come true, right? So this has been just really on our hearts, this stop waiting for your life to happen. What if you only have a certain number of years left? We all do, of course. 
But we truly have to be able to say, you know, if today was the last day, if five years from now was the last day, are we working towards something or are we simply sitting down, putting our feet up on the couch and waiting for the good things to come to us? Right. I was actually listening to something recently where they said, what if you knew that you only had two years left to live? Would you approach things a little bit differently? I certainly would because there's a lot of nights where I force myself and I use the word force because I literally force myself to do the things that I know are in my best interest, but my mind wants to tell me that it's, it's, I can just relax. I can just do it later. I can just do it tomorrow. And I've gone 35 years of my life, really 34 at this point of my life, believing that that's okay. But it wasn't until I realized that that's not okay. What if my time was limited? What if I want to leave a mark on this world? And what if right now where I'm at is all I achieve? I'm not going to be proud of that. And we can't sit there living with the thought that time is limitless because it's not. There's no other way to say it. It's simply not. And this goes to really the next piece of advice that we have, which is not taking your health for granted. If I could go back, I would tell myself, Brandon, don't take your health for granted. Don't stop working out for nine years. Mm. Because I went nine years not working out at all for no other reason other than I didn't prioritize it and I didn't think that it was worth my time. Yeah. We started out our marriage pretty pretty decently, I would say, on the on the taking care of our bodies and focusing on our health. At least in the in the least in the working out sense, because we both would go to the gym. We lived with uh, we lived very close to Brandon's brother and sister-in-law who also joined that same, who are also members of that same gym. So the four of us would go quite frequently. I was loving the workout classes. Brandon and his brother would be very focused on their basketball or ellipticals or whatever the heck they were doing. I don't even know. I wasn't there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we started out really strong. And then we moved to North Carolina and we didn't join a gym right away. We didn't really do much of anything. And we got comfortable with doing nothing. And it started to affect not only our physical health, but also our mental health. And for what we had taken for granted for so long became a real issue. Yeah. I mean, I just think back as you're talking. I mean, when I was when I was younger, like, and I'm talking younger in my high school years, I mean, I loved all sports. I played basketball and soccer and I was constantly in good health because I constantly had to be being conditioned to be able to play in these individual sports. So eating the teenage diet was natural to me, but I had become conditioned to eat that diet and then continue to work out. But once I got to college, I didn't have that routine anymore. I didn't have that discipline that was built in anymore. And so I stopped having the built-in workout. And around this time, as Meg was saying, it didn't take long for me personally to balloon and wait. And I mean adding on 20 plus pounds of additional weight because I simply wasn't doing anything. And you think that that would be enough? You think that that would have broken me out of my pattern of laziness? But it took a long time till I finally was honest with myself and 
it really wasn't until last year that that happened when I really became serious about getting healthy and fit again. And I took up running and it's literally changed my life. It's changed my mindset. It's changed how I view the world. It's changed my thought patterns and everything else. I show myself daily that I can do something. It's challenging, but I can do it. And I see even more clearly with the healthy aspect and the exercise that it's so easy in your mind to talk yourself out of the fact that you need to do it. When we all know deep down, and you guys all know deep down, it is the best thing you can do. You're simply just not doing it for whatever reason you're justifying. 100%. The other point on the don't take your health for granted is just to realize that at any point, one of us, both of us, any of you could be diagnosed with something. You need to be conscious of your health. You need to be thankful for the health that you do have if you have it. And if you don't have it, work in any way that you can to improve it so that you can feel better and get better. But for those of us who are healthy, I mean, I thank God every single day that my family and my friends are healthy and here living this life because at any point that could go for any one of us. Yeah, and I mean, just just if I could go back, I would stay committed to my health. I would never fall into that pattern of laziness because the problem is you fall into that habit and it's really hard to break. And it's really hard to break that mindset. Even when you get back into that structure like I have now, I still fight myself daily, but I just do it anyway. Another thing that we talked about that we wish we would have told our younger selves is to just be you. That it's actually totally okay. It's actually really good to be the person that you are. Yeah, you don't have to act a certain way or be a certain way just to fit in. You can be who you truly are. I don't know why this this comes around where we always have this certain trend or we always have this certain thing and we want to be like everybody else. And it's that's not what it's about. You need to just be you. You need to be true to yourself. Because I know we've all been there, like doing things we didn't really want to do just to be cool. And I did plenty of things in my life, especially in my younger years, just to be cool. Academically, for example, this came really early on. The attitude toward academics was if you were did well in school, you were a nerd. I was totally the nerd. Right. You were a nerd. You were a bookworm. You were just one of the smart ones. And early on, I learned that laziness was cool. Putting in as little effort as you want was cool. But... This wasn't so cool when I got into college and was failing out because I didn't know how to put the effort in and I didn't know that it isn't cool to not show up to class and not do your schoolwork. In fact, when you're paying money out of your own pocket, it's actually very important that you show up and very important that you pass those classes and it's far from cool to be there. But man, I had to learn it the hard way. And I wish I could go back and tell myself to, to study a little more and just do more that felt right to me, not so much trying to fit in with everyone else. And I want to just see if I can take a little bit of the credit for your academic turnaround because you ended up crushing it in college. You ended up doing a total 180 your freshman year without me there. You were not the best student. But then I got there and magically you started improving and started going to class and started getting better grades. And then we took math together and guess who aced it? That's right. I will give her the credit, folks. You heard it here first. She's getting <laughs> yes. her credit. Credit yes. to you. <laughs> Best day ever. 
But even more than that, you want to talk about college. I mean, socially, for me, it came in the form of partying and drinking heavily because that's just what everyone did. And that was what was fun. And that's what you did on the weekend. Or when the weekend became Wednesday through Sunday, that's just what you did then as well. Because if you didn't do that, then you were lame or you just couldn't get with it. Or what was wrong with you if you weren't into that? But honesty time, okay? I'm going to be honest with all of you. I don't enjoy drinking. I don't enjoy partying. I hate going out to bars. I don't like loud parties. And guess what? That's okay. That's okay. I'm old. I'm an old soul. And now I've accepted it, but I wish I could have told my younger self, it's okay too. This is exactly why we're married right here, because we are both old souls. We do have the occasional drink together at home, by the way, but we are not partiers. If you are, that's totally cool. That's your thing. You go, you do, you do you. But I mean, we are just old souls together and we love it. (laughs) It's true though. The sooner you can admit and accept who you are, the better off you'll be. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. No one cares. No one really cares. If I didn't drink or if I wouldn't have partied or I didn't want to go out to the bar, no one would have cared. Yeah, sure, they might have given me a side comment or jab, but really in the grand scheme of things, no one would care at all. And so why did I feel the need to do that? Just to fit in. And we do a lot just to fit in. And the younger you are, the more you're being molded to be accepted by other people. But the older I've got, the more I've realized that if I can be accountable to myself, if I can accept myself for who I am, if my kids accept the person I am, if I'm the best husband and father I can be, that's all that matters to me. It doesn't matter what the outside world says or thinks about what I do. It only matters what the people closest to me believe and what I believe most importantly about myself. I couldn't have said that better myself. Let's move on. So the next topic, which is probably one of the toughest for me, is to not take your relationship for granted. I second that. It's (laughs) it's very hard when you've been together a long time to not take your relationship for granted. Yeah. And like I said, me and Megan have been together since 2003. So we were together a long time. And then after several years together, we got married. And once we got married, I fell into a pattern. I lived under the assumption that she'd just always be there. So really, why did I have to put in any work? Why didn't I have to put in any effort? So guess what? We didn't. We didn't work on our relationship. We moved multiple times early on, first to the Dallas-Fort Worth area and then to North Carolina where we are now. We both worked difficult jobs. And in my case, it was hard to lock down a full-time job, which caused added stress. Nothing seemed to ever fall into place for us. We were broke. We lived really a negative existence with this woe is me attitude. And somewhere along the way, we just stopped thinking about our relationship. We stopped trying to find joy in each other. We stopped dating and pursuing each other. It, it just got bad. And I mean really bad. And I wish now reflecting back that I could have told myself to be more responsible for my relationship, to lead my wife better, to show up more for her every day. And thankfully, I've learned some hard lessons 
and I will never live another day where I take my family or my wife for granted because I understand the blessings that I have. But man, would I have loved to save myself a lot of heartache to know this lesson a lot earlier on. I don't even know how to say anything after that. <laughs> that was that was beautiful. I mean, we were we were we were struggling. We struggled for a long time. And I was just as guilty as Brandon, probably even more so guilty than Brandon of just stop stop caring, stop dating, stop pursuing, just ignore the situation, ignore him, try to find fulfillment in any other way that I possibly could, as long as it didn't involve actually dealing with the fact that our marriage was struggling. And now, looking back, I can say how stupid we both were, but probably me more, for just ignoring it and just not paying attention to it and taking it for granted for so long that just assuming that the other person would be there throughout all the crap that it actually tore us apart for a while. And we had to find our way back to each other. But now that we have, now that we've had several, several years of this wonderful marriage that we've built together, ugh, I mean, there is not one day that I don't wake up thinking, man, I am so lucky that my husband chooses me. He chooses me every single day over and over and over because that's what marriage is. I choose him every single day over and over and over because that's what marriage is. And this one, man, it took so many, it took so long. It took so many hard lessons. But from where we are today, it just makes me want to just make sure everyone in the whole wide world knows that you cannot take your relationship for granted. Yeah. And just as a side note to that, don't ever, if I could give one piece of advice, don't ever stop dating and pursuing your partner. Because when we were broke, when we didn't have any money, you know what we thought would be a great idea? To never go out on a date, to never go out to dinner, to never do anything because we simply just didn't have the funds to do it. But now we recognize, hey, we got two young kids. We ain't going out to dinner. But guess what? We still date each other at home. We still leave each other little notes. We still pursue each other. But you can never stop pursuing your partner and don't ever take your relationship for granted. Please hear this if you take nothing else away from this. If you're in a relationship, please hear this. Never take your partner for granted. Constantly be pursuing them. And show up for them. <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> no more on that. <laughs> we got to leave that one. The next one, to make it a little bit less heavy for you, is not to wish your life away. You guys, I was the worst at wishing my life away. Until my 30s, I operated on I'll be happy when. And I just kept wishing for the next stage of my life. When I was concentrating on getting to that next life checkpoint, I was missing my whole freaking life and just wishing it right on away. It started in middle school. In middle school, I was miserable. So I just couldn't wait for high school because I knew I'd have to change schools because where, where I went to school only went through eighth grade. So I knew I had to start completely over for high school. So I was like, let's get to high school. But then in high school, I met Brandon. And guess what? I couldn't wait to get to college with him because he's a year older. So I wished my senior life, my senior year away. Then in college, I was like, well, college is, you know, here and great. And um, I'm ready to just 
move out of my college dorm, move in with Brandon, let's get married, let's have all these kids, whatever. It didn't matter what the real plan was going to be, just that I was bored with college, ready to get married, ready to start our life together. Except I didn't understand that our life had already started. My life was starting. It was already in progress. And I was just wishing it away. I probably missed out on a lot of really fun and enjoyable parts of each stage in my life because I was so concerned with getting to the next place. And I just wasn't grateful. I just wasn't grateful for where I was at, the lessons I was learning, the people I had in my life. I just kept wishing that it would go away so I could be to the next level. Now, I've mostly outgrown this, but even still today, there are times I think, well, I can't wait for when the kids are a bit older. And in doing so, it makes me sometimes just miss the amazing things about having a five and a two a five-year-old and a two-year-old right now, right this second. Yeah, that's right. I I remember a piece of advice my dad would always say to me when I would say, I can't wait for the weekend or I can't wait until, like Meg said, until I'm in high school. I can't wait for this or I can't wait for that. And he would always say, Brandon, don't wish your life away because someday you're going to get to this job and you're going to get to your life and it's going to be hard and it's going to be challenging And you're going to wish you were a kid again and that you could go back and have zero responsibilities. And let me tell you, he was right. There's plenty of days I wish I could go back, but I can't. So if there's one piece of advice I could give, enjoy the stage of life that you are in. Stop waiting for your life to happen. Like Megan said, it's happening right now. Your life is happening every day. It's just how you choose to live it. And how much you choose to appreciate it. And if you don't appreciate it, how much you change it or are willing to lean into some discomfort to make it better. But don't ever just wish it away. Another thing, since we've been talking about college a few times during this episode, let's go there. Your college major doesn't matter. I was absolutely ridiculous about my college major. I didn't know what I was going to do. And everyone else seemed to. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pick. I'm going to pick psychology. So I picked psychology. I just couldn't figure it out. So I just went with it. There's not a whole lot you can do with a psych degree as an undergrad. You pretty much need to go on to school. But I wasn't thinking that through. I was just thinking about it. And it mattered so much. Well, I thought it mattered so much. Because turns out, It didn't matter one stinking bit for either of us. Not only me and my psych degree, but Brandon and his teaching degree. He is not a teacher. I don't have one thing to do with the psychology degree today. I spent all this time and worry and stress on figuring out what I was going to do with my life. And really all I was doing was getting a college degree, period. It didn't matter what it was at all. Yeah, that's totally true. You don't need to spend a bunch of time freaking out about what your degree is going to be because unless you're planning on being a lawyer or a doctor or something with a specific educational path, it probably won't matter. And I'd venture to say that most who want to be that kind of thing already know that's what they want to do or that's what they want to be. But I'm going to be real with you. I wish I would have known this back then. And I wish I also would have known just coupled with this that college isn't an option for everyone. It's not, it's not a requirement for everyone to go to college. I wish I would have known the entrepreneurial spirit. I wish I would have had someone who could have influenced me with that back then because we're hampered with student loan debt every, every month and it doesn't go away. 
it's a mortgage payment. And no, I'm not trying to sit here complain or have you feel sorry for me. But I just want to be real with the fact that when I was growing up, if you didn't go to college, you were an idiot. That's what people would say for you. Oh, yeah. It was a big deal. You were not smart if you did not go to college, if you were not on the college board. But let me tell you, not having that student loan debt every month and still probably doing the same job that I'm doing today would be really nice and would be a lot better. And it just takes a little bit more thought. I'm not trying to say anyone to not go to college. I want you to take your own path. But understand that there's more than one path. You don't have to go to college. If you don't want to be hampered with the debt or if you don't have an ability to pay for it, you can do something else. People tread their own paths every day. So don't feel like just because that's an option for most people that that's the option for you. It's all about being the person you want to be, right? Absolutely, it is. You know, another life lesson that I wish I would have gotten, and today, even as I sit here recording this podcast, I still tend to do it every once in a while, but I have, and I think Brandon would even agree, I've gotten a lot better, but don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. And since Meg took a little bit of credit earlier, I'd like to take a little bit of credit here As you and should. say that when I first met Megan, little Megan, she was, she, she was, was so cute. And she naive. was just so cute and naive. And she really believed that she could control all of these things and that she, if she stressed about them enough or if she was just perfect enough that they, everything in the world would be just perfect as well. But I've taught her a lot about not sweating the small stuff, about moving on from things and about not holding on to them because there's just a lot of stuff in this world that you can't control. And if you try to control it, you're going to drive yourself absolutely crazy. Oh, gosh. And I did. I did. I mean, I would think about things like, man, I should have worded that email differently and not in the 10 seconds that I sent it afterwards. I mean, I would be thinking about it three days later about how I should have worded an email differently. It didn't even matter. It was it was on nobody's brain but mine. It was of zero importance anywhere except in my own brain. And it was taking up my time and my emotional sanity probably. I mean, I was just worrying anywhere I could for no real reason. It was all about things that would probably never even happen or didn't matter much at all. And I just like to do it. I sweat. I was sweating every single small thing I could possibly get my hands on. And then the last one that we're going to talk about today is that is really one that we've both been concentrating on these past couple of years, especially, but you are in control of your thoughts and actions. I honestly didn't get this. I really, until about a year ago or so, did not fully understand this. I mean, I knew it. I'd heard the words being said before, but I didn't understand. I thought it only applied when things were good. Like, and if they weren't good, then it was just beyond my control and I couldn't change a thing about it. I didn't realize how much my thoughts mattered that if I woke up unhappy and didn't change it right then and there that I'd have a crappy day. I didn't realize that if I woke up focusing on the good ready to tackle the day, my day would actually turn out great. And even if things did fall apart during that day, I can still choose to respond positively rather than letting every single everyday annoyance turn my day into the worst day ever. Oh, it's so amazing because it took me equally as long to realize this that and it's and it's funny because it's a lesson I teach our five year old daughter. Like if you approach the world positively, people are going to be more positive to you. Yeah, that might not always be the case, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to have hard days. Trust me, you're going to have hard days. We all do. But it's how you take those hard days 
and how you look at it. Is the glass half empty or the glass half full? We've all heard the analogy, but somehow it doesn't stick in our brain. And it really wasn't until a year ago that I realized how much negative thinking I had. I mean, I was just a negative person. Like on the outside, I was happy-go-lucky. I was the guy's guy. I was, you know, always trying to lift everyone up. But on the inside, I let a lot of things fester. I just let a lot of things be negative and just affect my mood, even though it was something so simple. And man, if I could go back, I'd be like, dude, settle down. You're going to be all right. And just work in that positivity. Because really, it wasn't until this year that me and Megan both started doing a morning routine where we started thinking about things we're positive about, where we started to work in daily gratitude that I really started to focus then on, wait, I'm not looking at all the things that are wrong and all the things that went wrong today. I'm actually looking for things throughout the day of all the things that went right and feeling good about them. And man, it makes those bad things not seem that bad anymore because it's all in how I position myself and all in how I look at it. And we've all met someone out there who is just more positive. They just have something about them that you like walk away and you have a smile on your face and you don't really know why. And those are the people that have figured this out, that it's all in how you look at it. This world is all in how you take that the hard things and how you take the negativity and you spin it to something positive and you learn from it and you realize that, hey, this did suck. This is hard, but we'll use the term embrace the suck because those are the times where you're growing the most. Yeah, I mean, when you walk away from those people that just really impacted you in a positive way, you tend to think, well, their life must just be really good. But I promise you, their life isn't just that much better than yours. It's just that they're choosing. They're choosing joy. They're choosing to see things past the circumstance of the day and, and seeing the bigger picture and seeing that there are plenty of things to be grateful for and feel blessed about that have nothing to do with their current circumstance. Well, I know some of these were light and uh, some of these were pretty deep, but these are all the things we've reflected on. And trust me, if we had all day, we could come up with things we'd like to tell ourselves. And I'm sure you out there reflecting could come up with some of your own and feel free to share it with us over on social because we're always constantly learning. We're constantly changing. And the older we get, the more introspection we have and the more we reflect on those things that we wish we could have changed. But really, the biggest thing we can say is, if you are still holding on to some of these things, you can change them today. That's pretty much the coolest thing about it that I can think of. You can change anything at any time today. Because even if it's bad, even if it's tough, you can change how you're positioning yourself and how you're looking at it. So look at the beliefs you have. Look at the things you're carrying reflect on what you would have loved to teach yourself in the past and maybe you'll educate yourself a little bit on the future by doing it. Hey B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear. 